What's up, COPD? <laughs> Thanks. That's not my new. Those are not my new initials. <laughs> what is COPD again? <laughs> something to do with you can't breathe. I yeah, guess. something to do. So I, I was just telling Travis that I noticed in the last podcast my breathing <laughs> was coming through really loud, <laughs> and so I'm going to try to back that off a little bit. So the breathing is that have anything to do with your CPAP thing? Uh, not during the day when I'm awake. <laughs> so that's a different condition. I think that um, probably the, the 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 zillion years of smoking have not helped my ability to uh, inhale. Um, believe it or not, I should be an expert at it. Is it the inhaling or the exhaling? It sounds like. No, it, it, coming over the recording is when I breathe between uh, making statements. <laughs> so I, I just found myself, maybe it was only me, so maybe it's not bothering you folks, but uh, I thought in this last one, because I was particularly up close, so if I put my mouth up close to the mic and then I breathe in, it's very- It's very Darth Vader of you. Yeah, so I am your father. <laughs> so the COPD is a condition that, do you have that? No, I do not. What does it stand for? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, chronic uh, something. Chronic, chronic, <laughs> CO, chronic, uh, Jesus Christ, I don't know. So what's the, the, the CPAP is for you can't inhale then? So I have sleep apnea. So the back of my throat, when I lay down, and probably mostly due to my weight, when I lay down, I uh, um, my, my throat closes up and it makes me snore, which then... Now I'm I'm running out of air. <laughs> Just breathe, God damn it! Um, so yes, so sleep apnea. Most you, people listen in their cars anyway. They, right. can't, they can't hear you breathing. Right, I am listening a lot of the time in headphones. So, um, it with your one percenter, yeah, uh, five hundred or a thousand dollar headphones, <laughs> which we finally saw on TV the other day. So you know, so they do guys like this guy on TV right now has little crappy um, uh, AirPods. Apple AirPods or something. So, yeah, we saw somebody with the uh, AirPod Max on, on television. Was it your buddy, Kara Swisher? I don't know. I wasn't watching. It, Debbie saw it. I didn't see it. So, um, Not Kara Swisher, no. Um, she has like a whole headpiece she wears. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, she's a professional podcaster. You know. What I mean? But so. even when her TV appearances, she's got her big headphones and her glasses, her, her Biden aviators. Yeah, that's a good look. You stopped wearing your aviators, I noticed. Um. You know, I wore them for a long, long time, and the the pair, the only pair I have left, without going on buying a brand new pair, is pretty worn out. So, uh, and I've gotten pretty used to wearing some kind of plastic frame, plastic lens. So, um, I don't know. It's just uh, I I still like wearing them, but I, I have kind of kind of liked the other ones too. So, yeah. Are you prescription? No. I should. I mean, I'm heading that direction. I really need to get in for a full eye exam. <laughs> Are Bidens, do we know? Do you, does he wear prescription aviators? He doesn't appear to wear glasses when he's not wearing the sunglasses, if yeah. you think about it right. So that I, is, I don't think so. And and actually, I've seen him pull cards or whatever out of his pocket. He appears to be able to read. Yeah. He, I don't he, mean well, like he, he can't read, but he can see. He, he appears have, to be able to see. Well, you know, he could have uh, contact contacts? lenses. Yeah, I, I guess. Mean, I mean, it seems unusual for someone that's 79 or 92 or whatever he is to, to have good eyesight, but that happens for some people, right? So, um, I mean, thank God, right? Because he has so many other problems, you know, with just his, well, <laughs> because I'm not, I don't, I, you know, Trump because Tart, he's old. Trump Tart doesn't wear glasses on TV either. Do you think he's got perfect eyesight? He's 75 or something. I'm sure he right? would say. 
Yeah, so he's starting up a new uh, new social uh, dude, media. Have you heard about this? I hope I didn't put my foot in my mouth because I've been saying for the last, really since January. Yeah. You know, after right. January 6th, I guess I've been saying. <laughs> Maybe I've been saying it since the inauguration, <laughs> whenever that was, the 20th or, or, or something. Or one of the impeachments. <laughs> one of the impeachments. What? But after we got on the other side of Trump, I have been saying, and I've been trying to refute your claims that Trump is still the leader of the Republican Party. Mm. Um, but I have to say, in just the last week or so, he has been in the news more, I think, than he has really in the last several months. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not on Twitter, but he's so I'm not mm. seeing anything he's saying. I'm seeing articles that talk about Trump, whether it's, hey, he wants to run for president again just so he can stay out of jail or uh, he's taking a shit on Colin Powell's grave and he did the same thing with um, McCain. But these are articles written about him and, you know, people who are around getting information about what he's saying and wherever he's saying it. Why would they do this, Michael? Why would somebody be posting or putting articles out about what Trump is doing? Please talk me off this ledge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he does appear to be. um, He is. So, you know, it's not so much what he's doing at this moment because he's deplatformed and um, he's already had two attempts at starting his own social media uh, thing. Bite the dust. He has a SPAC, which do you know what a SPAC is? Uh, Refresh my memory. I don't know. It's a special. Uh, uh, S stands for special. Special is this? This is not an, an investing thing. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's a way of it's a way of going public without all the scrutiny and all the information that you typically have to provide to take a company public. So a SPAC is a special account. Shit. It, it's so it's like a shell that can that people can invest money in and and then this shell will then uh be used to to open a company and it'll be public well, that the, sounds good to me market. well i mean it, it's it's <laughs> what's wrong with First that off, SPACs, it's not really a new thing it's a new name and it's a dodgy way to 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 try to bring a company public and it's used as a way to kind of speed up the process, but in this case for Donald Trump, it'll be used to, to for him to avoid public disclosure of certain information that would otherwise otherwise be is this, required. Is so this the um, this is going to be called the truth? So this is his social media yeah, social deal. Media. He's going to take it public. Yeah, that's the other thing I read was that he's instantly now more of a billionaire, four times over or whatever. Because of his ownership stake in this SPAC that's about to go public. <laughs> so the actual uh, people behind the SPAC um, is a P.O. box in uh, Kansas, some obscure fucking place. So there's no physical address. It's got to be Delaware or somebody that has Something good like corporate that. shielding. Yeah, so... Um, that's all kind of dodgy right there. Um, is it though? Yeah. So here's, here's, where do you think Biden's, uh, book fucking shelter company is? No, man. (laughs) I don't know of any Biden's back. So, um, so, uh, you know, Anthony Scaramucci. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, the Queen song fame, Scaramucci, 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 Scaramucci. (laughs) (laughs) I like to dance the Fandango. Um, uh, anyway, Thunderbolt and lightning. (laughs) 
Very, very frightening. <laughs> uh, Anthony Scaramucci uh, is Galileo. saying that, that maybe, maybe it would be good if the SPAC does well and maybe that will prevent him from running for president because then he would obviously have to, again... Count uh, his billions. Again, say he's going to... Do, do, uh, divest his, his interest in in the uh, truth of uh, uh, social network but then not do it so it just so maybe we'll keep him out of it um so um we'll see i mean here's the thing the common knowledge here is that <coughs> excuse me running a social media platform is very difficult and um starting up from scratch is difficult and uh, he sucks. He's not a good businessman. He's made money in entertainment, and he's made money in licensing his name to uh, different things. Trump underwear. Trump, Trump water. Trump steaks. You know, Trump college. Trump ties. Yeah. So, Trump watches. Trump prostitution. Oh, wait. Yes. No, that's something. That's not well <laughs> Trump known. pimping is what it's called. Trump that's pimping. the new name. Nice. <laughs> Pimp like a Trump. And... Uh, <laughs> So uh, it's not very likely that he'll do well with it, right? So Is that bad then? Because if he doesn't do well, he's going to have to get back into politics? <laughs> um, well, I just – I think that, you know, he's just not a good businessman. So the idea that – so here's the thing. He has been recently offered by other platforms, um, including Getter and other situations – uh, upwards of a hundred million. He should be grabber. Hundred million dollars. That should be the name of yeah, his platform. It should be. Grabber. Should be grabber by the puss. The Billy Bush grabber <laughs> platform. Um, so he has been offered upwards of a hundred million dollars to uh, to join Getter or get on um, some of these other. There are some other social. They're they're glorified blogging platforms and things like that. And he's turned it down because he wants to be. In control, right? He he doesn't want somebody from Getter coming to him and say, "Hey, you can't shit talk Dominion voting machines like that because they're going to sue you for a billion, a hundred billion dollars, and yeah. and take us down with them." And he's not, so he doesn't want to hear that. So, and because he's a super narcissistic, egomaniac idiot, he he likes what the happened? idea that he's the, the controlling interest in in a social platform that he's on. But this is the second one, like you said. What happened to the other one? It was like maybe back in July, right? There was supposed to be a launch, and then what happened? Did it ever launch? Uh, you know, the first one was a glorified blog, and I think it was called From the Desk of President Donald Trump or something like that. Donald J. And it, uh, yeah, Donald J., the commander-in-chief, 45th president, or whatever <laughs> it is. And um, it just kind of fell apart because it was, nobody uh, nobody was reading it, so it was embarrassing, so he he. What's the down. difference this time around? Did he raise money? Um, don't know, and this, this back thing will come in with a lot, will be more some kind of more of a social platform than a than a blog right so like a facebook yeah i think so i think that's it's going to be more based on that kind of a, a model and um i mean donald trump is not capable of running that kind of a business because he doesn't know anything about it's just it. his name right essentially because how hard could it really be if you think about it well there's not a lot of i would think i've never tried to start a social media platform but what is it really you need infrastructure which is a place that houses Whatever the shit behind the scenes that makes mm. it work that you can log on to. We'll see. And the key is it's it's a marketplace, right? Why would I want to go to that marketplace? Because 
in this case, Trump thinks it's because he has the name recognition. For the social media? I mean, why does right. he want to go that way? Well, I mean, I th- you know, I think he thinks – I think he has an – I think he's overestimating how many people will either put up money or, you know, f- participate in, a, in something that isn't a Facebook that has other things that Facebook has, right, that people like. Um, so – I don't know. I'm going to get more information. I just started hearing about it this this weekend, and um, but it's a SPAC, so it hasn't happened yet. So we'll have to see how it goes. But right? it's interesting, though, that he's deciding to take it public. Like he could, you could keep it private, right? Which right, would mean then, more funding. But then, yeah, more funding on a. But then that's not a public. So the the disclosure rules and things are different around that kind of a setup, right? So, um, I mean, it's all about this is good. Besides being a place where he can spew his nonsense and and lies with impunity um, for the time being, and and not be at the mercy of being deplatformed by yet another <laughs> platform, um, uh, I think he he's just trying to figure out a way that that he can continue to generate money. I mean, he's uh, apparently he is persona non grata to the business community as far as getting loans or, or doing any kind of actual Trump uh, industries is kind of dead in the water. Do you right think now. that that is, I always ask you things like, Hey, does that give you comfort? Do you feel better by this? Do you, what do you think about that? I mean, he is not flying the, you know, the plane, the hundred million dollar plane anymore because he can't get parts for it because he can't finance it. Does is that, that make true? Yeah, that's true. I haven't been following that. Yeah. The 757. Yeah. Well, I mean, so if he, if the big banks like whatever Deutsche bank, and the other banks that were backing him yeah. are essentially saying, "Hey, we we can't touch this guy. He's he's you know too well, much I, of a liability." Yeah, you I feel think, good about that. I think that's a big problem. I mean, you know, Travis. I it's funny. I listened to somebody uh, named a, a Republican legislature legislator that's on a on a committee that's on the um, uh, he's on the uh, antitrust committee that's um, that did an investigation of the five big tech firms and is making a bunch of recommendations and has put up four or five different bills, a couple of no brainers and some harder ones, antitrust bills that change some of the, you know, change some of the laws and stuff. And he's, he's one of the few Republican voices on it, but he believes in antitrust in the sense that um, he doesn't like what Facebook, you know, the, the, the whistleblower, what, what, what is coming out about these. It's not just Facebook. It's Amazon and everything. So heard him talking about, you know, about his take on platforms, you know, limiting free speech and are are so he's he does feel that social media platforms, all five of them have discriminated against conservative voices. The the, the Do you agree with that? Well, I think it's it's kind of a ridiculous statement in the sense that that nothing gets more um, engagement on social media than wacky conservative theories about things, and so the truth is that more people see the 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 misinformation, the anti-vax, the 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 big lie propaganda that comes from the right wing on social media than anything else. Is it not is it not true that it's maybe a fact, but it's irrelevant in the sense that like what's the comparison no, that that the liberal voices aren't being canceled and they're not being canceled because they're not saying crazy shit? You know what I mean? So it's no. not a fair comparison. But is that really what they're saying? Is more conservative voices are being canceled? 
And is that factually true because literally no liberal voices have been canceled? Well, I think that that could be true to say that more conservative voices have been taken off platforms, right, than than liberal voices because – and the reason for that undoubtedly is that the liberal voices are not putting out patent lies that everybody knows are lies. And so um, most, if not all – other than Getter, have have rules against posting things that are factually untrue. So some things can fall into that kind of, you know, gray space where it's like, well, you know, I'm saying something that everybody thinks is untrue, but it's not proven. But misinformation about election fraud or misinformation about vaccines and stuff, um, that stuff is untrue. And so, yeah, some of that has been censored because it shouldn't be out there. Um, but but the contention from a lot of the right-wing conservative voices is that there is an organized, conscious, anti-conservative, discriminatory bias exhibited by the social media platforms and all the big tech places. And that is simply... That would be collusion. Not, that is simply not proven. I mean... And I don't think it's happening. There isn't a shred of evidence to back that up. The statistics don't back it up. So... Um, that's just something they say to because it's just more misinformation. Like if you're a fuckhead, it's probably likely that if one platform thinks you're a fuckhead, the other platforms are going to think you're a fuckhead and want to take <laughs> you off. Like they're not having a secret meeting of the collusion to deplatform all the fuckheads. It's yeah, we don't want you saying what you're saying. Well, I think that what happens is that that some threads of misinformation by by certain conservative sources, right? are going to garner more attention and more possible liability for the the social media platforms than others. And so they're going to get the attention, and especially if they're being widespread dissemination on multiple platforms, say by the Speaker of the House or Matt Gates or the Heritage Foundation or Marjorie Taylor Greene or you name it, right, um, Jim Gordon. Right. Uh, the guy that always that never wears a, a, a jacket, always has the shirt sleeves and tie thing. Right. Thinks it makes him look. That's his thing. Everybody else is dressed nice and he looks like an idiot. Um, but that's he's his, following the Jim Cramer look. That's his framer. That's his uh, freedom, freedom, freedom. Death <laughs> thing. This isn't the same level and I'm not trying to make a comparison, but mm-hmm. it, it bugs the fuck out of me. And I usually see it from Kamala when she posts things like. The Biden administration has created more jobs in the first few months of of his presidency than any president ever in America. And maybe that's true when you compare to where we were when they fucking tanked the economy. But Uh you don't get credit for that. These are jobs that are coming back from when you stole them from people during the pandemic. So if you look at the number of job growth, you know, jobs growth year over year, maybe she's factually true. But come on, get off your fucking well, high horse. Kamala and Biden were not in um, in. They were not. They were neither of them were. I get it. In the- you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the like the well, Democrats were the saying. ones who wanted businesses to be closed. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So you can't force those business closures and then say, <laughs> OK, folks, you're back to work. And we created all these jobs. Well, I was going to tell you something. Um, so I'm going to kind of um, not not uh, sidestep that the, your assertion there, but I'm going to because I was leading up to trying to to tell you how my view on something has changed a little bit more toward yours. So okay, this the, I want to hear. Let's do this. Okay. So. <laughs> 
not fair to tell you up front. So, um, so let me see. I don't want to make a long speech. Just we have talked a lot about rather, you know, all the misinformation and all the crazy batshit, crazy stuff from Trump and Leslie Graham and whoever else it is. Should just get out there, right? And we should just let it all get out there and let it all get sussed out, and that's good. And that that way you hear all the crazy stuff. Okay, so. I think my position has changed a little bit on some of that to where I think I have come your way on that thing in the sense that I do I am starting to feel that possibly if if the really crazy shit continues long enough from the same sources they eventually start to lose credibility even with the conservative side of of things right with those voters to some degree i think that you have to draw the line though when when the stuff that you're talking about trying to trying to mitigate off these platforms is straight up misinformation like wrong information about vaccines um, that is couched in somebody's personal opinion about the vaccine thing and it it just turns out to be misinformation that could be responsible for the difference on the national number, which st- currently stands at 57% of Americans are vaccinated. When I it thought should, it was higher. Yeah, you know, that's where it sits maybe right now. Maybe that's full. It should be It should be 70 by now, easily, and then we could probably be seeing, you know, I thought it was like relief. 69. Maybe it's 69 with mm-hmm. one dose. 57 fully vaccinated. Yeah, it could be higher for one dose, but 59, 57% national for full, you know, fully vaccinated. I was telling you real quick before we came on today that I was at a wedding yesterday and we had to show proof of vaccination Ooh. to attend. Ooh. So, I mean, listen, I, I th- vac- people should get vaccinated. People should not be forced to get vaccinated. That's my statement. Yeah. I, uh, you know, weddings and, and, um, uh, Wedding, weddings and va- anti-vax and anti-mask stuff hitting a little close to home. So um, the re- there was a wedding in, in our family scheduled for yesterday that uh, is rescheduled today because it's up in um, up around Reading. Right. So it's raining. It's so windy. It was an outdoor venue and it's just, yeah, they had to reschedule. So. Um, it's going today. Hopefully things are better today. I don't know if they will be or they won't be. Um, so yeah, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to get a lot of weather here. And as I commented, yeah. like the, the biggest rainstorm of the year and you're wearing shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not here yet. So, <laughs> um, and for the, for the 15 seconds, it's going to take me to run out of the studio into my truck and then you don't need to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, but I don't melt that often. So it's pretty good. Um, so I will tell you that had that wedding gone on, um, uh, you might not have been allowed in if you were vaccinated. So Not vaccinated. No, vaccinated. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a, a lot of anti-vaxxers involved in this particular union, and um, that's perfectly fine for them. I don't, but, but you know, um, I mean, they're vocal about it on social media and stuff like that. Not anything I follow, so, you know, this might be news that I even know about it. Are they going to be on Trump's new platform? I wouldn't be surprised. They appear to be very much in line with that's that that way of thinking, right? So a lot of stuff on on Facebook about, you know, for instance, uh what the hell was it? Um the the there was a supposed sick out um for schools. From from no, from uh airlines 
or something, supposedly. Oh, the Delta or the uh, Southwest problems a, f- a f- yeah, couple weeks yeah. ago. Flight cancellations. Yeah, so there were, there were apparently there were um, posts on Facebook praising the Southwest people for taking an anti-vaccine stand. And and that and so the crazy conspiracy there was that that's what caused the the big huge snafu with with Southwest Airlines, which is nonsense. That's not what caused it. But you know, it had its desired outcome. The effect was that they've already rescinded that. I think we talked about this last week. Southwest was one of the leaders in taking that position, and they had asked the other airlines to follow suit. And then you know whether or not those cancellations were related or not, the 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 staff the pilots made enough noise that essentially they've already backed off that stance well, and so did the other airlines i don't know but but there's again more misinformation from that crowd that where they make accusations that are not based on anything right and so i, I think that that's just you know that's fucked up and dangerous right um uh southwest airlines has overextended itself with too many flights as they tried to expand in their in their competition with other airlines around the country and they got themselves so extended that that once they had some weather problems it caused a, a domino effect through their whole schedule that's it they're, they're even and rather they've rather they've backed off the november 1st timeline for vaccination or not i'm not really sure but let's assume they have for a minute um <clears throat> Eventually, they're going to have to get with it um, because it doesn't matter if it's a federal mandate. Then they're going to there'll be consequences that they'll suffer one way or the other if they don't comply. So, yeah, there may be some temporary thing while they try to you know listen to what's, but it's a very small amount of their people that are not vaccinated. They, I don't know what the numbers are. They have something like sixty-seven thousand employees or something, and. 650 or something don't want to give vaccine but is they that- can all and, and here's what i'm going to tell you about all of these organizations all the cops that don't want to get vaccinated all the firemen it's time to let them all get fired but they won't the fuck out some you know? some places are doing it like like hospitals nursing staff doctors we've talked about that letting them go letting them letting them leave yeah. other places they're not and you just assume that that they need the workforce. They have no other option. Uh, it's now, a little I, I, tough right now. And there, there is a difference. This isn't my point, but there is a difference, I think, like Southwest, I read a little bit about this, between the pilots that were staging the walkout, if you will, versus being anti-vax. Uh, you know, in other words, many, many, you know. There was t- no test- walkout. Whatever the protest was, you know, there the, was nothing. There was, and there was with schools. It was like it was like a blip that really didn't have its effect. But uh, here's what I'm saying: Yeah, go ahead. many voices were saying, "Hey, don't misunderstand us. We're not anti-vax." Many of them were saying, "We are vaccinated. We're just opposed to having our companies tell us we have to." Oh, so take off. that take that for what it's worth. But what I was really going to say is, isn't this an example Felix, of listen, listen, listen? Uh, we don't want to be the vaccine police. Isn't that the isn't that the thing that some yes, of the companies like in and out? That's what they said. Well, but in and out is the shirts and shoes police every fucking day. I get it. All right. Well, because that's because it. It, because that's, that's game point and match. It's not though because that's their <laughs> that's the thing that they care about, right? I guess, or maybe the cities require you to have shirts and shoes. They, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, uh, in and out, great burgers. Right. And I will probably 
continue to eat there when the when the mood strikes me, just as I continue to eat at Chick Fil A. But but the owners of both of those companies give me heartburn all the time because of their stupid religious based. But do you ever let that political nonsense? That's a good that's a good topic, and I think it's important. And we because we're we're political junkies, you mm-hmm. know, we, we're aware of this stuff mm-hmm. and we talk about it. I think most people are not. But even when I become aware of it, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not going to let anybody tell me what I can eat or drink because of who's behind it. If I like the fucking hamburgers, I'm going to eat the hamburgers. Yeah. But, but unfortunately for me, I feel to some degree that I can eat the hamburger or eat the chicken sandwich and, and, and then I can say that I think their political views on the on both of course. these issues are fucked up. But Chick Fil A is not putting like Jesus juice on your chicken sandwich. They're no, not. They're, you're not no, going to be more Jesus. Putting prayers on my on my uh, <laughs> lemonade cup, right? I are they? That yeah. Is there like little prayers? I guess I. I wasn't Do you ever aware. even read that? No, I wouldn't. Even back in the day, like I don't read. Uh, you know, I don't eat breakfast and read the box. Or, you remember like when McDonald's and Taco Bell used to have those little peel off things on the cups, and you like win a prize, <laughs> oh, and God. most of it was. A free meal back at their restaurant, but they they dangled you in by you know win a million dollars. Did or... you not listen to the to the the, the huge podcast and and um the about the McDonald's the, the was skate? it ours? No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called McMillions or something. Oh, I heard you. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, awesome. Was so it I, a scam? Yeah, well, did somebody win a million? Yeah, there or a was, million French there, fries. There, there were doing. They had these million dollar giveaway things. It was, uh, it was McDonald's. It was Monopoly or something. Yeah, I remember. So it was a huge scam. There was a guy that was that was, you know, it was all mobbed up and and you know he was picking the winners and all kinds of shit. It was crazy. But even and guess what? It all happened in Florida. It all started in uh, Florida. Florida is awesome. <laughs> Somebody was posting some shit on Twitter this weekend about Florida, and I said everything's better in Florida. Jesus <laughs> did you did you hear that the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is coming to California's aid by offering to uh, have the ships that are stacked up I outside saw this. of our yes. ports, uh, seventy eighty deep out in the yeah. out in the ocean, uh, come on down around the Horn. <laughs> through the Panama Canal and come on up to Florida. Where, Probably would be faster. Well, here's the thing. So they're if they're waiting f- ten days out here at anchor, more than that, they can they can get over to Florida in a couple of days. But here's the problem, and Florida does not appear to have the big backup. But here's what Florida doesn't have. Once you let's say all of the ships stacked up outside of the port of L.A. Zoom around over to the to Florida. They've got a couple of ports there. Here's the problem: Florida doesn't have any trucks or drivers or anything to get the shit out of the port once they get it off the off the the boats. That's one of the reasons why the ships don't go there in the first place. They don't have the infrastructure. The, the amount of trucks in the in the logistically they're located. Listen, down he can't on the, solve every problem. Look, He's just solving the first problem. Get through <laughs> customs. They're located down on the dick of the East Coast. <laughs> I think the 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 days the average days that ships used to be uh, in holding here off California prior to this whole mess was like ten to twelve days. I think it's like two. Is it three weeks now? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I mean, you hear varying things, right? Um, I haven't had an update from my my one contact that knows something about it uh, on that particular thing since last week. So, Um, you know, this whole 24-hour, we're going to work 24 hours. I mean, that's just, 
just saying it in the White House doesn't make that happen, right? There, there, Everything that's said in the White House doesn't make anything happen. Oh, uh, you make it hard to get on the, <laughs> you know, try to give you a little credit on the other side. So did I ever finish what I was saying? Uh, you were saying you were really doing a good job of telling us how you agreed with me and you were coming over to my side and you were really building it up and you never got to the crescendo. Wow. wow. <laughs> you listen to stuff the same way <laughs> that they put it out. So- Oh, I guess I did get there. I guess really the point of what I was, gonna, what I was trying to say was um, I moved a little bit more toward not worrying so much about whether the crazy gets out from from the far right or not, um, unless it's unless it's you know unless it involves misinformation about uh, things like vaccine stuff and things that can cause real harm, right? So um, stupid, crazy conspiracy theories and nonsense, you know, I think the longer that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Gordon and President, ex-president, uh, soon to be convict Trump, you know, <laughs> you talk to shit. I think people do start to see the, the nonsense of it. So, um, well, speaking of conspiracy theories, yeah. did you see this other news story? I think it was last week where the the Chinese were uh, there was a report that they were testing some hypersonic jets and, you know, there was, you know, Biden was concerned about this because, you know, this, the, as the story goes, there's these hypersonic jets that have the ability to carry armament and it basically defies the laws of, you know, aerodynamics and anything that we could possibly know. And is the U.S. military at a disadvantage because do we have that technology and could it be that all of the UFO sightings that have been in the news lately are really just, you know, Chinese warcraft? Wow. And this isn't an anti-Asian thing, so fuck off, people. Um, uh, I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, wouldn't that be wild if these UFO reports really were just, you know, military planes? Chinese military Chinese, planes? I mean, why not, right? In the hyper atmosphere? And uh, it could, I mean... We're busy sending dick rockets into "quote unquote" space, which is really not space. Well, think about it. So that's Bezos, right? But and then you've got um, Elon Musk, who's busy transporting actual astronauts to the International Space Station. So that's all pretty legitimate. But then you've got Branson, who who is who is testing and developing a different technology that is a plane that will travel at hypersonics, not supersonic, right? So like we, Star Wars light speed stuff. Well they're going they're here's the here's the thing with the the Branson plane, right? And the technology it represents. And trust me, that plane's not being developed in a vacuum, right? We're just seeing what they'll let us see, right? <clears throat> What's the classified version of that project? Is he working with military? Mm. I mean, how would we know, right? Would so let me ask really you this know? question: Whether it's Branson, Musk, uh, Bezos, it, it, do you think are they? Is there more to the story? Do you think that I mean, to be able to do that, take the politics out of it, take the ego out of it, and these personalities, yeah. to be able to throw the kind of money that they're doing at and, and building these vessels, that, that's pretty cool and impressive. Is it possible that they could be doing other things simultaneously and in conjunction with the U.S. government? To, is this just I a, think it's possible. I mean, I think that the military implications of the Branson, you know, technology is that they're developing basically, you know, plane technology that will fly a plane out above the atmosphere into the, you know, 
below the I forget you know I don't yeah, have all the terms. stratosphere yeah, below topo, the actual edge of space but but where they can travel at at very very high rates of speed with a very high trajectory making their ability to traverse the world make supersonic travel look like you're uh, you know traveling in a pedal car across the uh, you know across the country so I mean you know. I don't think China is the only one that's playing around with hypersonic, you know, device, hypersonic planes of some type. Is, or is the Branson plane? Do you know? Is it regular jet fuel, or is it some? Is it like hydrogen fuel? Mm, I don't. I don't know what kind of fuel it is. I I think that the so the Branson plane is taken up. The current version of it is so there's no big rocket on the ass end of that thing because it's transported up most of the way by a different aircraft and then it's released, right? So so you eliminate the need with that for um, a giant, you know, rocket, you know, a giant And bomb. excess fuel. Yeah. So you, you transport it up pretty high and then it goes, and then it only has to have enough fuel to get it the, the last leg into the, you know, out of the atmosphere and up to the edge of space where then say that was a military application, right? And instead of carrying space tourists or whatever right he's got nuclear weapons on it or something that that could that that sounds a lot like what you're describing is the yeah i think that was the implication well i mean it's i mean look they they are in space so they obviously have the technology to do that kind of stuff and they have no requirements to be open about it to anybody let alone us and and you know how it works in the united states the you know, we like to say everything is, you know, uh, what's the fucking, what's the PC word you're going to hate, transparent and all that. But the truth of it is that whenever the military decides they don't want the U.S. public to know about something, they simply don't tell us. They classify it and then it happens anyway. And I'm not opposed to that one way or the other, um, assuming that they're working in our best interest. But what do you think about that? That's What good... are we supposed to do about the Chinese doing that? I mean, what are we supposed to worry about? That We're doing it already. We're shooting planes into space that can travel at high speeds and could deliver payloads anywhere i mean it's not like shooting an intercontinental ballistic missile from the east coast that could possibly reach the you know the east um eastern europe or something well you know the implication we're doing it for the greater good we're trying to go to mars we and, are the on China, the, and the chinese are building weapons to attack the united we states we are on the side of god <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for the many gods out in space. The many gods. What at that point you just made, though, about, you know, we assume that when things are classified, you know, in this country anyway, that the U.S. government has things in our best interest. So as you like to point out on the show, you're much, much older than me. And so when you look back in your in your time on this earth, mm -hmm. uh, how has that evolved? Has it always been that way? Has it have things to you become more classified do you, you you think the u.s government is keeping more secrets w when was the first time you were aware of that that oh yeah there's shit that the public can't know but that's okay because it's the government and and they're watching for us well i think that we all became aware of that when this the, the and i don't have i'm not going to have all the data and names and stuff but there was a uh there was a very fast high altitude spy plane that crashed over russia and the pilot survived. The U two was captured. Yeah, and and uh, so I think that's when all the bubbles around our 
altruistic aims, you know. Hey, listen, that's when it became public knowledge that. So how old were you? Was I was I born? I guess I was probably in the sixties or something, right? So was that when I became aware of it in retrospect? I mean, when I learned about it, but I think other, I mean, many other things, right? And then we've talked about some other classified military things that have that have resulted in horrific, um, horrific aggressions toward people of color uh, involving medical testing, use of psychogenics, military testing of different things on marginalized members. Isn't that all kind of around the same general timeline? Well, I mean, look, there were... What you know, would you say, like the 40s the, through you know, the, the Cold 60s? War, the Cold War, yeah. yeah. After the Second World War as the the threat of communism. Remember that. Remember that. So as we talk about conspiracy theories and things like that you know a lot of and this kind of does tie back to the other thing i was bringing up what what's the danger of letting conspiracy theories just fly right in in this day and age now you know so you need to think of mccarthyism as a conspiracy theory that caught fire and went wild and caused a huge amount of of damage to our social fiber and trust in the United States and in the government. And, and that was because that was a conspiracy theory that got picked up and preyed on people's fear of communism. Right. And so, uh, that's what that was. Your neighbor was was a secret communist. Communists were infiltrating the government, infiltrating the workplace. McCarthy was the Alex Jones of the sixties. Right. And so, um, uh, that's why the shit's dangerous, right? It can get Isn't out that of like hand. Isn't that like the witch hunt of the 1600s? Is that I, when that I, was? I guess, that's a, I guess that's a decent <laughs> comparison. I don't even know if it was the 1600s. Um, uh, uh, but I think that on a geopolitical basis, right, the, the McCarthyism was, was a scary thing. And that's that's the kind of shit. Now, right now in, you know, right now in real time, as we're speaking today, Sudan is being there's a coup there's a military coup happening in Sudan the prime minister and most of the government top officials the prime minister is under house arrest most of the top government officials uh in that country have been arrested by the military it was just um a couple of years ago i think maybe that the military uh, in conjunction with the people deposed uh, a dictator there. I don't have that name either. And they, and then they promised to turn over the reins of government. It's supposed to happen in about six months from now. And now all of a sudden the military has said, Hey, you know, we're putting the brakes on that timeline. Go figure. So what's really happening, right? So has, has, so this was probably one of the most promising you know stories of fledgling democracy in the world happening there in eastern africa which is you know the whole thing is a hotbed of political turmoil right and and um so that's very sad right and we don't know what's really happening there right but but you can look and see i mean you know we talked i think in the last podcast about were we close to that you know, in the last election and with things with the election fraud theories and all that bullshit, were we close to 
was the democracy close to failing? And I think, you know, I feel it's probably, it was probably a little closer and you don't feel it was as close as I do. And I think both sides of that are reasonable. Nobody really knows exactly. Um, the good news is that it held and we're still here f for now. And you look at something like what's going on in Sudan and you see how fragile, how fast it can happen. And when you have situations, I mean, let's look back what Trump was doing. Um, he had hoped that certain military officials would side with him and overturn the election. There were plans made, and this is all going to come out, I'm 100% sure. General Milley saw it, and, you know, a dedicated, long-serving military officer of that stature to have taken the steps that he took after the election and before the, the – um, before the Biden administration took over to make sure that no military that the, that the former president could not utilize any military forces to start a state of martial law or militarily go in and overturn elections or anything like that um we were close do you think there were actual steps put in in play to to figure that out or do you think like I think it's a, a general assumption that most of the military aligns more conservatively, I, I think. That's kind of my gut feeling. And yeah. so do you think that from the Trump standpoint, it was, hey, if I need to activate the military, they're all going to stand with me? Or do you think that there were maybe things put in motion to try to make that happen? Um, I think there were a lot of of – I think there were plans that would that would have eventually involved – the military, if the election was going to be overturned, if the 2020 general election, if the results of that were going to be changed in some way. I mean, I think they fully – For Trump or against no, Trump? No, for Trump, right, that they were overturn the election results. Well, that would be good, right? if I'm understanding what you're saying, that in other words, if the election got changed no, no, to Trump, good. the military you're... was going to say no, the, the process <laughs> is what it is? No, no. I think that Trump believed he was going to garner military support to overturn the election, the, the, the election results that put – In his favor. Yeah, in I his see. favor, right? I mean everything involved, that rally, being where it was, that day, uh, trying to interrupt the certification of the election. Did he, did he plan on, on 500 nitwits uh, breaking into the Capitol? Who knows? But so is this before or after Pence? Huh? We, we talked last week about Pence, the Pence factor that, that Trump said, okay, I'm going to get my boy here to... From, from the... From the uh, yeah, okay, so his plans to overturn elections in swing states is way before January 6th. Yes, right? and did not involve the military as far as we know. No, but, but had he convinced... Swing state election officials to not certify elections in their state or to overturn the results or to send alternative electors. We call them delegates. Delegates. But it's the right term is electors to the to the college, the to the electoral college, that would had to have been enforced most likely by military, by the military. And I'm, I think that he felt that he would probably have that support. And here's the scary thing. We have no way to know how many high-ranking military types 
might be on his side of things, right? And I don't think it's a majority or anything either. like that. And I think most of the most of the high ranking military, but I'm going to say by no means would it be all take feel their oath is to the Constitution and not to the president. Um, but I will bet that there's a significant number of high ranking military types that do feel it did feel an allegiance an allegiance to President Trump, and and because they. Feel they are misguidedly think that that anything other than his uh, presidency represented some existential threat to the security of the United States, which, of course, is stupid. Yeah, I think that certainly exists. But yeah. I do think let, let's just and it didn't hold. Right. No, it, it no. But let, let's play. just go all the way to, General to the Milley, end here. General Milley ran into no that we know of no pushback to put in the steps to stop any kind of ad hoc unilateral move by the still president of the United States after the general election and before the what's the, was it the uh, certification yeah or the the inauguration right transfer of power really doesn't happen until the 20th and so up till then i what millie was afraid of was that president trump and his group and whoever that included was political people military people legislators uh, proud boys. <laughs> so, but okay, let's just let's just you know go where, where you're going here. Okay. If Trump gave a military order to to basically do kind of what we're saying here, which is, hey, I'm activating the military to to do what to surround all of the state houses to, to literally declare, take over. I'm going to declare martial law. Declare martial law in these states. I'm the sitting president. This yep. is my order. Right. Right. And then dot 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 after that. Right. Uh, do you think that they would have done it? Well, that depends on the the felty of the military at that time, right? The felty to the Constitution as opposed to what, the what do you think? To the what's, your, what's your gut tell you? I think it would have. I don't think that. I don't think he had the felty he thought he did. I don't think he had the support. I don't either. That he thought he did, right? Um, but he is. Um, he is uniquely delusional. Right? Well, that part's true. Right? But does that delusion carry over to everybody else? Well, I mean, listen. Um, where's the where's the real danger? Trump is a um, an aberration, right? And and again, and we said this, and I think almost everybody agrees to this. He's not the cause of all this. He is the symptom, right? Him becoming becoming present is the symptom of something else, and that is the existential threat to the democracy. But it's that's interesting the way you kind of because I don't necessarily disagree, but I also think that in, in some regards, like we've been kind of talking about, like I say that I don't think he has that that much influence, and I think if he were to make a military order, it would not have been acted upon. And our democracy wasn't yeah. as close to being lost well, as the, ice. So it's it's kind of two sides of the coin, right? Well, like, here's what you can count on it, it, with, with the Republican Party at this stage of the game. While they think it's advantageous to them, advantageous. Tageous. Advantageous. Fuck. <laughs> have some more well, coffee. I've only been speaking... Uh, I've, well, no, okay. I've only been speaking um, uh, English for a while, so bear with me. As long as they think it's advantageous uh, for them to not uh, uh, test Trump's actual power over over 
over the political body, um, then that's fine. Because here's the thing. There, there are midterm elections coming up. I think that the general consensus is he could do some real damage to anybody that challenges him prior to those elections. That's not him running, right? But so I think the plan, I think the strategy for Republicans is to remain publicly loyal to Trump until 2022 unless something changes and they perceive that that will not be advantageous for them. But I believe that that the entire Republican leadership is going to stay and the and the and the the Republican Party is going to maintain this air of loyalty to Trump but and all things you, Trump until the 22 election. Were you not encouraged of the article I sent you over the weekend from McConnell, who basically kind of said that, uh, hey, we're looking towards the future? I mean, didn't you kind of get the opinion well, that he I, was washing I mean, his hands of Trump? Part of, part of me is part of that article, which does – Again, show that um, you know McConnell hates Donald Trump. But. <laughs> I don't. Was, do you remember the source? Was that CNN? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And 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 so here's the thing. I think once we get past the 22, and there's and there's no imminent threat of Trump being able to launch to primary, you know, significant numbers of Republican um, elected officials or potential uh, 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 Republican candidates. Then once they're past that threat, then they're going to dump him because he's insane. And I think that it's not Trump's not the future for them. Somebody else's. We don't know who it is. We've already we have listed some of the I mean, there's always Ryan could come back, although I think he's probably lost his. Yeah, he would have to come back sooner rather than later. But but McCarthy and again, I think last week and I still feel that his his goal is to be speaker, not not president, which is more dangerous. I'd rather he was going for president, which he would never have a chance. You know, he has a chance to be Speaker of the House if there's a, a turnover in this election. So, I mean, I think those are the things, right? And then, so who are the potential, you know, Republican presidential non-Trump Sarah people? Palin. Well, Nikki Haley, <laughs> Sarah Palin. Nikki Haley, uh um, Jim Gordon. You think Nikki Haley Sarah. has enough distance between her and Trump to be credible, if you will? I don't know. She's so she she will not do anything before 2022. But I think all bets are off after the 20 after the midterms because there's a distinct possibility, right, that one or both of the houses will shift, and at that point, then. Trump is not going to wield the same kind of power. They are all scared shitless of doing anything between now and 2022 that will cause Trump to support even more far right candidates than than especially for incumbents. Okay, let me let me ask you a hypothetical. Yeah. Let's say that the Republicans win one of the houses in 2022. Mm -hmm. Do they still need Trump after that? Do they need him? I don't think so. So so what they need to do is what you're saying is they got to keep the relationship close between now and them, leverage whatever benefit the Trump relationship has and mm -hmm. then get on the other side of 22, then they can abandon Trump and then go on the hunt for a replacement for president. Yeah, because his mental decline is not going to be as evident between now and 2022 as it will be between now and 2024. So I doubt if anybody seriously but here's the other considers big thing. him a contender for 2024. If he gets this social media platform off the ground and he actually has Nobody a place, yeah. but if he does, 
and he starts well, saying shit again. Had lips, they could <laughs> suck you off. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that is going to be. See, I think, like I've always said, don't deplatform the guy. Let him say what he wants to say, so you can hear it. And at some point, maybe there's a new crop of political normies, voters, who you know, in the two years since Trump. You know, maybe these are kids turning 18 or whatever, or will be 18 in the next election cycle, and they really weren't paying too much attention to Trump other than they knew he was president. And then he's got this social media platform, and they're like, really? This is what this fucking guy says? We can't vote for this guy. I mean, what I'm saying is that could that could backfire. He's not coming. Um, his this, this Well, I mean, it, yeah, anything's possible, but it's not very likely he's going to make a success out of this. Thing. I mean, look, past performance is the best. I, I get it. All right, let me ask you another question. Yeah. If Trump, because I don't really think, this is my belief, and maybe you're not with me, mm. that Trump does not think he can win the next election, whether that's because he thinks he might be in jail or because he thinks he can win. I don't think Trump thinks he can win. So having said that, what's in it for Trump to keep his allegiance to the Republicans? In other words, what is he getting out of it other than just being in the news? Well, right now he's a kingmaker, right? I mean, he's he is continuing to set the policy for the entire Republican Party. I mean, if you can think of a single example other than— But um, what's their policy other than being uh, anti-Democrat? They don't really have policy. Right. Well, I mean— there's there are two Republicans on the January sixth commission, Cheney and um Zinger, Kip Zinger, whatever his name is. Two Republicans. Um uh there's uh evidently Ken Buck has a few non Trump um and he must be safe enough to where it doesn't matter. Other than that, I, I don't know. Now there were nine Republicans that voted to um send the banner um, uh, uh, failure to comply with us with a, a congressional subpoena to the Justice Department for a chemical a chemical for a uh, uh, for a criminal referral. So who who is this now? Who, who these are ten? There are nine Republicans. Ten, I think, Republicans that voted with Democrats to send the the criminal referral for for banner for not complying with the congressional see, subpoena right. to the Justice Department. Bannon? Bannon. What did I say? Bannon? Banner. No, that's that's the Hulk. Sorry. They're not trying <laughs> did to Did you watch some Hulk this weekend? They're not trying to indict the Hulk. Sorry, my mistake. Um okay, so I mean, that was encouraging. Um uh but even then it's a very long process, right? So a chance for some Republicans to Demonstrate they're not completely insane, or, um, or under maybe they just control. thought it was the right thing to do. Well, I mean, that would be encouraging. There hasn't been ten Republicans that had that type of courage or conscience befall them in recent memory. So good for them. Um, I think we'll just call all of them heroes that that exhibit because it's a dangerous move. What's you, a hero? Do we throw they, that term you know, around too loosely? Do we? We do. Um, yeah, we think that uh, uh, I think that that they probably did exhibit some courage in doing that because it's it's still um, very problematic. You know, that could still bring blowback on them. But um, I think maybe that will be tempered. I mean, 
what's his face? McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy just wants to turn the house that he doesn't have any other goals. It doesn't, he doesn't care about the Republican platform or Republican goals or anything else. His sole mission is to try to figure out a way to flip the house in 2022 uh, so that he can be speaker. And so, um, I think, you know, we all know that, so we'll see. I mean, I, I already made my pleas last week to people to get out and vote and try to stop some of this stuff. I'm not going to do it again. Um, so interested interested to see how this goes. I mean, I think the January 6th commission is going to continue. They're going to end up, whether they get the people they're trying to subpoena or they don't, um, they're going to end up writing a pretty comprehensive report on the level of the 9-11 commission and, just like, I mean, when you take all of the stuff, the two different impeachments and all the testimony, even though it didn't result in a conviction from the Senate, uh, and then you take this report, I mean, I think that the information is there and it's going to be what there do you mean for it's history. There? Well, it's there. Are we going to see documented. it? Go back to what we were saying earlier about classified information. Uh, will, this, will we actually see and learn? Yeah, this is not the Mueller report. This is a congressional commission. And, and well, the mean, standards are different. Are they, though? Yeah. Like, like for example, isn't there implications for some sitting members of Congress that they were involved? We talked about this last week, whether or not they had – wasn't there some information about some, some private meetings that, that members of Congress had with their constituents, <laughs> showing them how to navigate into the Capitol? Do you want me to pull up a Marjorie Taylor Greene video from January 5th? So that's inciting already, the crowd to riot on the next day. I mean, it's right there. The information is all right there, and a whole hell of a lot of it's in video form. So then, what? What? And I've asked you this before. What are we going to learn out of the January sixth commission that isn't already public? Um, it, it, it's it, you know, I think we will learn. I think we will continue to learn things that have yet that have been yet to come to light because of the resistance uh, for getting to the bottom of things from the entire Republican party. I think we're still going to learn things. Uh, we are going to hear, I mean, we've already had some testimony and there's going to be other people that are going to testify even if Bannon doesn't. Right. I mean, you're not going to see Bannon. Trump's not going to test to testify before this commission. He don't, you don't think he'll have to. Um, I think they may very well subpoena him, but I think that here's the thing. There's a, there's a time limit. This has to be completed long before the 22 election. So what does the the January 6th report? Just the report or yeah. any like when you say subpoena, that means, you know, bringing people before Congress to answer questions. Well, so, so can that happen after well, 22? Well, let's say that you issue. Let's say that the Congress issues a subpoena for Steve Bannon or um you know, the which they did, was, right? The guy, didn't they? Yeah, they've already had. And that's and already. He says, "Fuck you! I'm not going to comply." That's already been. Refer, that's already that already has a criminal referral from the Congress, and he could go to jail. Um, yeah, he could theoretically. Yeah, right? he could. And then if you go to jail, because I read it was something like he could serve nine to twelve months or something. And mm -hmm. let's say he gets out of jail, is that it? Do they can they force him to testify? Mm. I think not testifying is going to be the thing that triggers him to have to do jail time. I mean, so let's say that there are five subpoenas that are issued by this commission that never result in testimony and all result in criminal referrals to the Justice Department. Mm -hmm. So the commission might be disbanded after the 22, but the Justice Department won't be. 
Right. So they'll continue with their investigation well, everyone, independently. Well, every one of those people could be brought up on criminal charges having nothing to do with January 6th simply for defying a congressional subpoena. Well, that's what I mean. So that's so, a criminal act. Of course. And yeah. But let's say you're Bannon and you have already done that. He's basically said he's not going to comply. So let's say he serves well, he, his jail listen, time. Listen, if he wants to go to jail for defying a congressional subpoena, then go to jail. I'm okay yeah, with that. But but my yeah, I understand. But then after that, like let's say the Department of Justice continues this for some time. Can, can are there other consequences that would come to a guy like Bannon? I'll tell you something after about the Bannon. Fact? He's he he was pardoned, right? He was convicted um, of of stealing money from Republican constituents on a January. Uh, what was it on a January sixth defense? fund right that was a scam and millions of dollars were donated like three million dollars he took it all and and then was convicted right and then was pardoned yeah but so, he doesn't have any friends left so, who's going to pardon him well, now? here's the thing his fifth amendment is gone right he can't he's he can't go to the commission and and take the fifth because he's been pardoned he has no fifth amendment right so say this again he's been pardoned he, he received a once you get a pardon yeah from the president you don't have the fifth amendment is that right yeah the fifth amendment the, the the i plead the fifth which is what you don't have to testify right so but isn't it only for that case is, is well, this is all be i mean he's being called in connection with january 6th he you, you don't have another fifth amendment protection for another so. i think once you've been pardoned you don't have any fifth amendment that can't rights. be right well I, what if you're a career criminal you got to be able to use your fifth amendment every time you get in front of the you know, court once you once you uh <laughs> we have to protect these career journeymen <laughs> well not a lawyer i just played one on the so um yeah so you know, Steve Bannon, Cash Patel, uh, Mark Meadows. So Cash Patel, advisor to the president, um, Mark Meadows, uh, chief staff, right? These people are all going to, they've all been subpoenaed, right? And some of them are in negotiations with the committee uh, to provide their testimony. So Will that be public? The testimony, yeah, whatever it is. I mean, are we certain about that? Yeah, some of it's going to result in stuff like this. Hey, you're going to write down the questions. I'm going to submit written answers. Um, that's that just depends. That's why it's called a negotiation. That may or may not be satisfactory. But the public the will see those questions and answers. Yeah, yeah or the testimony, right? I and mean, if their testimony is about something that's classified, because this is a congressional committee, so you know they all have clearance. So if it's something that the public can't hear, it'll happen in a skiff, right? Um, but so far, I haven't heard anything about and so, and so the goal is to get this done, if you will, before the 2022 well, they election. Know, they want to know from Mark Meadows, Cash Patel, and Steve Bannon what they, what if any preparations or arrangements or planning was done between them and Trump prior or anybody for that matter prior to the riot i'm just going to start calling it a riot i'm not going to call it an insurrection anymore you can call it whatever i'm just going to call and it stones. Well, it's, not, it's not because of you my friend i mean <laughs> i'd love to do something for your benefit but um let's just call it you know the riot i mean it was obviously right whether it was an insurrection or something or not is probably a matter of opinion because i've listened to again i've listened to some of the things you said about this and in my rage that was generated by that happening um 
I want to call it an insurrection, but I, I don't want to blow it. I don't want to make it more than it was either. It was so. Was it an insurrection? Did they plan to overturn the government? Um, I don't know. I think that I think that is more of an inflammatory rhetoric that benefits the Democrats, and isn't it isn't. And I don't like to see hyperbole and overstatements, overreach that turns out to not be true because it then. It, just, it damages their it, it credibility. It damages their credibility. Yeah. So really, I think it, it was a riot, and there's really no denying that. That's already- and, and the other part of it is, too, we're, we're talking about this stuff mostly, and we're reacting to it in real time. So, you know, well, we, we know. We, look, we can go back. I don't know anything. This is an entertainment podcast. I don't know what the fuck I say <laughs> half the time. But, we but we're responding to it as we have the information. Well, we can go back to calling it an insurrection. Once we, <laughs> no, I like the riot once, better. Once the commission establishes that Trump, you know, worked with – these people and other and whoever, uh, uh, if he colluded with the Proud Boys to, to okay, cause so here's us, here's that's an insurrection. So number one, to me, the most important thing, and I said this last week, is Trump's involvement. Right. So this is the whole Bannon being the the secret keeper. What did he know about Trump's involvement? But no, if no, you're no, the if no, you're no, no. the important thing about the commission is to establish through testimony i i'm not saying the commission i'm saying i'm saying about the events of that day and leading up to it yes well what i'm saying is the most important factor and what we the people the 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 minions of this country Mm -hmm. we need to know what trump's role was what was his involvement and so this is this is this is the end game, right? And, and you're so you're subpoenaing all these people. My point is this: so I'm starting not to care what his involved. Well, go ahead. Yeah, but it is important because if it's let's just say, for example, it's Bannon and other people communicating with the Proud Boys and whomever else to say, "Hey, uh, my boy is going to be up here on stage and he's going to be giving a speech." And while he's doing that, I need you to go, you know, break some shit down, go kick right. the doors in. Right. But if Trump is the one telling Bannon, you activate those right. sleeper cells, that's a different element because it, it What is it then? Because it, it because Trump becomes the fire starter, like I said, and that directly Is it treason then? Yes, I think he's he should be jailed or executed for that. Okay. Can't you still execute uh, is that a thing that we still do? <laughs> do we give Biden of. and Trump swords and they they duel it out? <laughs> That would but here, be, that would be pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Not even entertaining. But here is the real point. Okay, if you're the sitting president, aren't all of your lines of communication monitored? I mean, wouldn't they really know if he's calling people, texting people, emailing people? It which in this day and age, in 2020, when this all happened. I mean, can you keep anything a secret? How are we getting reports out of the White House in, in any? administration there's a leak how do, so how would something like this really and I'm, and I'm asking a genuine question if trump really organized this or his team how would that be kept a secret i think the most dangerous thing that 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 could possibly have resulted from the trump administration is the is the corruption of the department of justice during that time so I think that the, all of the all of the um, all of the uh, inspector generals, all of their duties were they were either suspended or removed during his presidency, and uh, at least anyone that actually tried to take any actions were were replaced, right? Because they're in there at the will of the president. So 
inspector generals, which are the watchdogs over governmental bureaucracies, right? Um, we're, we're, so what we've learned is they don't make an effective uh, watchdog for the president because he can replace them. He can remove them. He can. So what are you saying? Well, would, I'm, would they... I'm not done. All so, right. So, uh, and then I think that uh, with Jess, Jesse Sessions, right? Jeff, Jeff Sessions. Jeff. Jeff Sessions and uh, um, Jesse the Kid, Bill Barr. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill Barr, you, you have the most corrupting uh, uh, um the situation that the Justice Department has seen in a long, long time. There have been times in the past, and I don't have all the details right now, but um, it was no, it was no picnic in the Justice Department during the days of the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover and so forth. A lot of corruption there, um, and then a lot of pushback when, you know, when the Kennedy administration came in, and uh, Robert Kennedy would not play ball with John Kennedy and went after the justice, you know, took the justice department and went after the FBI. And so it's not the first time that you've seen politically motivated activity in the justice department. But this time, what we know is that is that Jeff Sessions, while he was being publicly ostracized, ostracized by president Trump for 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 recusing himself from the Russia investigation because um, he had to because he was legally retired required to that might have been the only uh, action that Jeff Sessions took to show any integrity in his entire tenure all the while that was going on and he was being publicly ostracized by President Trump behind the scenes he was dismantling the the Justice Department. Then he leaves and Bill Barr is brought in, who obviously was corrupt and was only there to be a, uh, to be in the pocket of the president. He he did everything that he was not supposed to do. So that's the scariest part for me uh, is Merrick Garland and the Biden administration. Can we depend on them to reestablish the independence of the of the Justice Department? Um I think that the fact that Merrick Garland, although he may have some loyalty to President Obama for for at least trying to nominate him, is not a Democrat and he's not a political pawn. We'll see what he is. We don't really know. He was a independent conservative judge when he was tapped by Obama to be the possible appointment to the Supreme Court. But we'll never know. So we're waiting well, to my, find out right my now. My question is, is deeper than that in the yeah. sense that you, you use the word dismantling. Yeah. How about destroying? Are, are, are you saying that well, under the Trump administration, Department of Justice, that is it possible they would have destroyed evidence or covered up evidence that would implicate Trump? So let's look at some of the some of the things that happened during the administration. Right. Trump had had meetings with with. Russian President Putin with nobody, no readout to the Congress, nobody, nobody but a translator that was threatened with criminal action. Yeah, what did he say? Did he release anything? He never, yeah, so I mean, you know, phone calls. Do you think he was actually, this was Putin's translator? Uh, I don't know who the translator was. I think it was the president's translator. I don't know. 
And it was it, a U.S. There was nobody else. It was Putin. Typically, there would have been Trump. multiple people on both sides listening to those conversations, and every word of it would have been recorded. Always has been. Right. That's, that's the point time. I was making is that you can't basically take a shit if you're the president. Well, but he, but he dismantled that, right? And um, he – so there are – there, so in so phone calls and different things that happened were not monitored, right? And when somebody did monitor it and report on it, so the guy that was on the phone listening to the call with the with the um um uh, I know the country, I know yeah we've talked Cri- not Crimea no but, no no we talked about it but the uh, the yeah tit for tat yeah. quid pro quo right case. and and so wherever he the fuck that was. he used the whistle you know so he. F- Finally, afterwards, he was so disturbed by what he had heard, and but the transcripts were buried, so it was only him. They locked him. They used, you know. So listen, I I, I don't have a whole lot. I mean, I'm sure with a little bit of work, I could come up with a whole bunch of examples over the four years. There's a lot of stuff. So in regards to that, Trump covered up tons of that kind of stuff, right? And. So and at the very least, was, you're saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that there could be direct evidence implicating Trump in the January 6th, but yeah. it could be gone. It could be gone. Yeah. And, you know, do I I mean, how much do I care about Trump one way or the other? I think that the longer the Republicans stay focused on the big lie, two things are happening. They're destroying their credibility. That's one. And that's on my side of the scorecard. I think that's good. But then the bad news is that people continue to be hoodwinked into believing it. Uh, yeah, but even like I said, the, it's not, the, it's not the, brainwashing. The it's article just, we talked about with Turkey Neck basically saying we got to move on from that. You know, the, he didn't say we got to move on from the big lie, but he basically said dwelling on the. He came as close to it as he could. He right? came as close to it as I've seen anyway. Well, he doesn't want to get primaried either. I mean, here you have who was the the most powerful Republican in government, even during the Trump administration, is cowed by the possibility of being primaried by Donald Trump, who's not even in office. He's not the president. But yet this guy, who by all rights is 100 times more powerful than Donald Trump should have ever been, won't come out and state simple facts that the guy's a fucking lunatic and a traitor. He probably thinks that, though, but for whatever he reason, does. he's got to figure out what to say and when to say it because they're all out to cover their own ass. Right, because he doesn't want to be primary before before Trump is swept away by history. Or he's, got, he's a senator, though. He's got plenty of time. He's got time. but Didn't he just win re-election? I think so. So he's got another yeah, we missed five the, years. Yeah, he missed a chance. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that I was complaining about last week as far as what Democrats need to do, if you're going to leave dickheads like like – McConnell in place. I mean, you you gotta you gotta look the Democrats have to target these Republican leadership positions and go after him. I get it. He's in a tough state. You'd have a hard time. But I just don't think that they put the focus on it. I don't think they I don't think you know, Democrats are good at um grabbing defeat out of the jaws of victory, you know. Let's quite hope often. they keep doing well at that. Well, you should have some hope for the future there because it doesn't <laughs> let appear me, let me ask that you that's this. changing anytime soon. I, I keep trying to say in as many ways as I can think of that it, the most important thing is to find out if Trump had any direct involvement in this. And if he did, then I'm in favor of 
you know, a sword, a knife, whatever. Okay. Rear, well, rear naked choke. What? But what are you? I mean, so that what? Because you don't want him to be president again, or you want justice to be done, or both what? of those things. Okay. But I guess my question to you is: um, you seem to be not as concerned about the Trump element as as you are. Maybe I'm misunderstanding yeah, no. you, but, but you're you're right. You're yeah, perceiving the right thing. I look. I have seen this in my. Many years <laughs> that you have referred to earlier in the podcast. <laughs> I said many, many years. Yeah, many, many. I gave you too many. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you did give me too many. Um, uh, what goes around comes around. I, I just don't. I don't think Trump is going to get away with this one way or the other. So my, I think you know, I think I probably believe in karma more than anything else. So I'm not overly worried about that. Um, something bad's going to happen. I mean, you know. There's a prostate exam around every corner for him. So um, whether he likes getting peed on or not. Um, which, is, what do you think is the best karma for him? I mean, do you really think it's dying of cancer or well, should, should it, it be punishment by the system well, that he once tried mm, to corrupt, if you will? I'm not going to hold my breath for any kind of justice on that front. Right. Um, I think that the I think when he is replaced right in the in the hearts and minds of the conservative of Republicans that he's never really been one of. Um, and though the Trump followers, when they, when they give up on him and they will, um, that's going to be the thing that, that kills him. Right. So um, I don't really, he's, you know, so, I mean, I'm more at this point now, I'm more concerned with what kind of, you know, which head of Hydra is going to pop up in 2024. That's really what I'm worried about for Republicans, right? There, There is almost nobody. When McCain died, the last Republican that I had any respect for disappeared from the face of the planet. Um, and I don't, I mean, I currently have respect for Adam Kinzinger and, and uh, Cheney. Elizabeth Cheney, and uh, that's about it, though, right? And I don't want either of them for president. How about we bring up whatever happened to Kasich? Remember from Ohio? Yeah, I'm not. Was he doing anything? I'm not afraid of him, but he doesn't stand a chance in hell. Where'd he go? He's what is he? I I don't know. know. He was the governor when he was running, right? He's the governor of Ohio, or something. So I think he's in obscurity. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's in the legislature. He's not holding public office. Senator, I don't think. Is he a senator? I have no idea. I don't know. the The only obscure politician that I'm sure about was Hillary's running mate, Tim Kaine. He's still a senator, I think. So, um, I don't. I just don't know which evil, uh, because whoever rises to the top uh, for for 2024 on the Republican side is going to be a motherfucker. Why? Because there's still there's still not enough separation from the Trump years. Because they as an organization have become completely devoid of any kind of ethics or integrity. Yes, but that's now, right? So there is a, but, but there's enough time. Don't you think, see, I really think it's all about strategy. And like we've been saying, there's the now, which is before the midterms. And then it's a completely different ball game after that, I think. think And of course, depending on the outcome. I think it'll be a different ball game, and I don't know what it'll be, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, history tells us that um, Democrats are going to suck kind tit in this election cycle, right? In the midterm? 
Yeah, whenever there's a, whenever, I mean, it, it almost always is a, a sweep the other way in a midterm after, you know, so you got a sitting president, sitting Republican, you typically have a Democratic, you know, gain in the, in the Congress and vice versa. So, I mean, it's only been once in like the last 16 cycles or something where that didn't happen and there was some weird shit going on and, and, and so just have to see. I, I think that we can almost count. I mean, let, look, it doesn't have to be. That was my call to arms last week for Democrats or non-Republicans or independents for that matter. If you don't want to see this, complete, if you don't want to see the likes of Matt Gates and Jim Gordon and... God, who knows who could come back, right? And and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bobert and the rest of these knuckleheads. I can't even remember all the names. There's so much evil that can pop up. You better get with it. You better, you better get out there and vote and not allow them to take control. They have jerry-rigged the districts in their in their Republican-controlled states. There's very little chance that that. And even though Democrats and independents outnumber Republicans everywhere in the country, Republicans have successfully jerry-rigged the, the districts in, in most of the Republican-controlled states. And they're in the process of doing it right now, and we don't appear to be doing jack shit about it. What do you it. think about this as a solution? In order for you to vote, you, the, the names on the ballot cannot say what party the candidate represents. <laughs> And it forces, it would force the voter to go research that person and find out if this is the person they want to send to office. Solutionary, my friend. So then they find that out and they still send, you know, they still vote down. You maybe not. Maybe some people, don't you think there's some, an element of brainwashing? We've, we've talked about this too in the labels, Republicans and Democrats and so many people, I would say most people in this country have bought into and are invested in the fact that we have this two-party system and they get asked the question, well, which one are you? And they feel like if one person clearly is against their values, then they got to choose the other one because I think we're still so far away from a legitimate third party or a third party candidate. And so that goes along with strengthening the labels, right? Forward party. Huh? The forward, forward party, yeah. Forward party. But I don't know. I mean, it's. I, listen, I know that's not realistic, and I'm not really saying that. Yeah. But it sure would be nice if people on the news wouldn't say things or in print wouldn't say, uh, Democratic senator such and such said this. Well, you, know? you know, you hear terms in every election like, this is the most significant election in our lifetimes. And, you know, I mean, after you hear it 20 times, it starts It's to technically true. Meeting. Like, this is the most significant glass of water I've, have, that I've ever had hour. to drink because this I hour. need to live today. It doesn't matter what how much water I drank yesterday. I yeah. need to live today. I guess the point of that is I, I heard myself say something on the, I think it was the last podcast, that um, I'm stuck in this narrow thing where I can only see 22 and 24. I can't see past that. You know, after 24, there's going to be midterms in 26, then a general in 28. Uh, I'm likely to still be alive for a couple of those. So um, I'm I'm just, I think I'm really just a little bit over-focused. I mean, I think that w- whatever's going to happen in the next two cycles is going to happen. And and then the two cycles that follow may be much more important um, because I just don't know if there's enough time. There's been so much turmoil, right? And 
the 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 Trump years were so divisive uh and then aggravated by several things like the rise of social media and the additional aggravation and division that that has contributed to the situation i think is is going to play a significant part in skewing results so um I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know if the Democrats are going to lose their shaky hold on the on the the all three all three uh, branches of government, right? Um, is Biden going to get to even a point? You know, put one. I mean, let's say somebody let's say a, a, a somebody leaves the the Supreme Court at this point. The chances are that with three years to go, the completely morally bankrupt and completely uh, uh, soulless Republicans in, currently in government would prevent an appointment of a of a of a new justice at all. But wouldn't they just railroad it through? Wouldn't Democrats railroad it through like Republicans did to them? I don't know. I mean, I'd almost right rather you, right now. I'd you, rather you see that sixty. You need a sixty percent. Well, like you said, you got some crossover from Republicans on the January 6th. You got some crossover on some of this budget stuff. I don't think there's any limit to the corruption of Mitch McConnell regarding Supreme Court appointments. I I don't think that any amount of morality or integrity or felty to the Constitution – that's my word for this week, felty. It's a medieval (laughs) term, which means loyalty. Hey, hey, it's right up there with jousting jousting. and dueling. Yeah, dueling. Um, I just don't think that uh, we. I think what we can count on them to do is the exact opposite of whatever is morally correct. I mean, they they just don't care. And so, is there time? I thought you were going to trying to convince me that there was time for um, Republicans to grow a soul or something before. <laughs> Before Nobody in election. government has a soul. Let's be honest. But I no, I'm not trying to convince you of that. No. I'm just trying to say I think that you you got to break this down. Maybe in you know again in a sports analogy, maybe into quarters. So right now we're we're really in the first well, we quarter. Got, so let's let's name them. <clears throat> twenty two is the first quarter. Yeah. Twenty four is the second quarter. Twenty six is the third, and twenty eight is the fourth. Yeah, exactly. Right? So we'll and talk and, about them. and so basically you you figure out the Trump factor. And and what role he plays into you utilizing him and winning the game, yeah. and, I, and I think, uh, you know, so I see it both sides. I, I just on on the Trump side, like I said earlier, I don't think he can win. So I, I I like what you said. I think he thinks he's a kingmaker. He likes that position. Yeah, he's keeping himself relevant. He's in the news. He's got this uh, grabber social media thing. Maybe he's he's partnering with Facebook. Aren't aren't they changing their name? <laughs> Uh, like this is going to do something? Uh, I think they're that? changing it to, um, what was it? Ass volume. Ass volume? I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard enough about that stupid story to understand what it means. Here's what I heard exactly. Uh, they're talking about changing their name. Yeah, that's what they're doing. I, to, to what? For what reason? Well, you know the reason. The reason is because they got a lot of heat, and they think that if they just change the name that, Basically, Facebook <laughs> has a negative connotation. I'm being serious. I'm no advertising guru, yeah. but it's all about branding and trust and yeah. continuity. And if Facebook, if the brand has been tarnished, it, you got to change the name, right? <laughs> but so, what, what has Bezos done? He's out of Amazon, right? 
He's not the CEO. He's not the CEO anymore. No, but he right? still has ownership. He still okay, has stock. So, so Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. in connection with Facebook, the plan for them, as I understand it, is to change the name and then put somebody else in charge of it as a shield for the liability that Zuckerberg is going to personally face right. in connection with some of the shit that's going on. And then when when you want to call Facebook or whatever the new name is, you're not going to be talking to Mark Zuckerberg or Cheryl, what's her name, Cheryl Stone? Sandberg. Sandberg. You're not going to be talking to either of them because they're going to be in charge of something else, uh, some other part of the country. Well, that could be technically true. that is getting paid millions of dollars yeah. is going to be put in place and then they're going to refer you to talk to him and he's not going to answer the phone. Yeah, but it, that's going to be more similar to most big corporations than it's not. But here's the here's the big difference, and I don't know about Amazon or Microsoft when Bill Gates was there, but we do know with Facebook that Zuckerberg has some type well, who's of... Who's running Microsoft? You don't know the name, right? Right, and again, it's... Bert I mean, something. Th- those CEO positions turn over every couple years. Sendai... Chum, chum, chum. I don't know. Go I don't. Ahead. I don't know either. Right. But with with Zuckerberg, he's got his. The stock is set up in in a way that he has controlling interest and can and controlling voting power. That even it, which from what I've read isn't going to change. So you could change the name. You could change the organizational structure where you right. might have a new CEO that is literally calling the shots. I mean, right. if I'm Zuckerberg, why are you there anyway? Go right. to your yacht in the Cayman Islands and live a good life. Right. You're a young but, kid. But the new name is going to be owned by the um, by the Mark. What's his wife's name? Do you have any idea? I don't know. But her last name is Chan, I think. Uh, Jackie and, Chan? Yeah, no. <laughs> Zuckerberg's not... <laughs> Not married to a guy named Jackie. Mm. Um, anyway, it's going to be owned by the Chan Foundation, which is their foundation. So, I mean, it's just going to be smoke and mirrors. That's all. It doesn't mean anything, right? And and it, we'll just have to see. I mean, we need to see. So what happens to antitrust if the Congress flips in the in the in the midterms? Is there so what we've seen is quite a bit of indignation from several conservative legislators um, in the Senate and in the Congress. Um, so, w- although in general Republicans are not on board with antitrust as a thing, much the way you look at antitrust and go, "Is that a thing? What is that?" <laughs> I think that's exactly what I say. Right? Is it really a thing? Is that a thing? Fuck is antitrust off. a thing? Uh, but then um, they do seem to have been affected by uh, a great deal of the revelations from the whistleblower. There are um, tens, literally tens of thousands. So here's how I heard it described. The amount of of documents that were turned over by the whistleblower. Uh, would, this is the Facebook whistleblower? This is the Facebook whistleblower. Um, would fill, so you know a typical file box would fill... Um, fifteen of those boxes. Is that even believable? Who uses documents anymore? Well, if you it's print, email. If you printed them. They're, that's they're killing trees. Printed. Why they're, are we killing trees? I'm, it's just a measurement. Oh, I they're see. Not printed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those are going to be studied for some time, and it is possible that if there's a flip, um, that the, Facebook may yet face criminal prosecution. Um, 
because the reaction among some of the conservative uh, voices has been discussed, not at the antitrust implications of what she said, but at the fact that they knowingly lied to their investors, which is something that typically Republicans who represent the investor class are not down with. Isn't that what got this uh, Theranos broad in jail? Well, she's not in jail, but or, you know, she, she's, she's on trial. For, Isn't she on trial she's right now? She's on trial for criminal fraud. But it, but it, fraud, defrauding the investors, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's apparently, I mean, there was a <clears throat> lot of fraud. And then we'll have to see where that goes, right? I mean, um, because there were, there was a lot of, I mean, there was fraud at so many levels with the Theranos case, right? They put in these fake machines into Walgreens. Walgreens got their tit in a ring. Or Did with, you ever see these things out and about? No, I um, never heard of it until you brought it up the, on the podcast. One yeah, day. I don't. I didn't. I don't go to Walgreens. I never have. So if there were any in Southern California, I'm not aware of them. But they were widespread. And then what happened is um, they Theranos uh, employed. F- um, you know what phlebotomy is? That's yeah. that's the practice of giving injections, right? Or taking blood. So Theranos employed phlebotomists to go work in these in these Walgreens to draw intravenous blood from patients for the blood test, which the whole point of this thing was that hey, we can do two hundred and fifty tests off a of pinprick out of your finger. And so when they figured they couldn't do that then they made up a bunch of nonsense reasons about why they had to take intravenous blood and they had phlebotomists that they hired. But this is all happening in Walgreens. Walgreens is up shit creek. They've got this completely fraudulent, dangerous shit in their stores because they're too greedy to actually vet it. What do you mean? Taking the blood? Well, everything. They're, they have these fake machines. They, it was called – so a little Theranos stuff here, right? I highly recommend you listen to the podcast, not at the expense of listening to ours, but go listen to the podcast about this dropout or something, I think it's called, um, because they put these machines – they put the Edison, which was the supposedly the machine that would pros, process a pinprick's worth of blood out of your fingertip – to do at, at whose technology is this? Well, this was owned by Theranos, right? But she did this. This broad is did she create it? E- e- yes, I mean, she, yes. It, but she it doesn't did, actually exist, right? So, like, she invented this machine. She got she got maybe billions of dollars of investment money, right, by putting together a very high power board of directors by conning. Multiple people, such as some famous people like X. Who was he? Uh, Schultz was the Secretary of Defense or something. I, I read a list yeah. of investors. His grandson and, was a believer that worked there. Yeah, in the beginning, yeah. Right? There, there's bigger names than that. Bigger. names that people would know. Yeah. If I, I forget them, right? But. And so, and then Walmart or uh, Walgreens played a part in this. Once Walgreens became an investor and started putting them in their stores, that drew even more reputable people to the board. And there's a lot of greed involved here, right? This would have been a revolutionary technology. Um, everybody involved, including Walgreens, looked just sort of looked past the point where um, the established fact that this is impossible. You yeah, can't but wait a minute. Wait do a minute. it. How was it established at the time? How old is this thing? Is it like five years, it's like 10, ten years? 10 years old. Okay, now. 10 years. So yeah. 10 years ago, we barely had iPhones. Right. I think iPhones came out in 07. Yeah. So we barely had iPhones. Yeah. 
and you have this pitch that there's this new advancement in technology and you know in order to bring this to humanity we need investors and we need well this was a, a this was a silicon valley startup yeah uh, by her and you know it's fake it till you make it which is the common creed by a lot of these startups that go public or get money or investment or whatever and you fake it till you make it, and then when you make it, it's all worth it. But think about it, though. As a consumer, as an investor, we don't know if shit works. That's why we're getting behind it. Well, to- and that's why there's criminal liability when you fraudulently convince people that something works that Well, that's different. And then you take their money. Like Plus, iPhone, when it came out, it actually didn't work. It did everything. It, it, cool, it could do a calculator, but it couldn't even make a phone call. You remember how <laughs> well, shitty that thing whole, was? I think we could get in the whole cell phone thing for that. I remember <laughs> So like, wow, this is bad technology. But I mean, the thing was, she went to extraordinary lanes, her, her partner, who she's now, you know, they're being tried separately and she's, you know, divorced or, you know, has separated herself from, but they, they, you know, they did, they were not doing anything illegal as long as they were in the investment R and D stage, but they put these machines into Walgreens. They told people at work, people came in and got blood tests that didn't that were not accurate that were not done not only were they not done by the edison machine which was the name of their device they were not even being done they were so they were they were you're going in there giving this pinprick for the blood or maybe intravenous what, what is this test supposed to do well you they're supposed to be able to do 250 different blood tests off of pinprick blood. like all the, like the, the tests you would do get, doing lab work at a doctor yeah for anything from cancer to just anything you can do with a blood. So That's what's the technology? Just so I understand. The technology is the ability to screen for up to 250 things off a small amount of blood. Off but, a pinprick. But not the the testing itself. That was still done the way it's done? Well, it, 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 here's the fraud, right? Theranos went out and bought actual standard blood testing apparatus and took the blood simple samples back to locations where they had the, the 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 actual regular blood testing equipment performed tests and then sent them back but, but but even that i mean listen i'm not defending them i don't know enough about it but that could almost be like part of the control to make sure that it's working and and i would i mean this concept, you would think that in, in modern times we could develop technology to do that. Look how far DNA testing has come along. Well, I think that, that that's probably – I would not be surprised if that was part of their defense that, hey, we used the recognized standard blood testing technology to verify the results. The problem is they never had any tests. The, the Edison machines never performed any tests. The machine never worked. It wasn't a matter that they took a bunch of tests. The machines were a mess. And right? that's their machine? The Edison is yeah, their machine? Yeah, inside, the, the blood would go inside to this machine and then get splattered all over the interior of the machine. The like actual, a paint can shaker? Yes. The mechanics <laughs> never actually worked. Plus, it's just... It's just not feasible. There was so there's a lot of liability, I think, to go around. I think Walgreens is gonna end up in the in the How are they liable though? Unless they knew because they didn't they put these machines in their stores and didn't vet well, how do you they how do, how do you vet it? Well, I mean that's the thing. You, you you're dealing with Theranos, you're Walgreens, right? Yeah. And you hey, Walgreens, uh, we wanna put these these uh, Edison machines 
that will do blood tests off a of pinprick of blood in, in your stores. Uh, great. You need to prove to us that they work because, you know, our customers need to be able to trust us. Yeah, that's all proprietary. But imagine how rich you're going to get when instead of 250 tests that run over $100 each on average, some quite a bit more, that you can do for 25 bucks. Right. Imagine how many people are going to flood into your stores to get blood tests. Right. At twenty five dollars a pop. I get it. I still don't right? see the liability. And then on they're the like, Walgreens OK, side. well, all right. I guess you don't have to prove it to us, you know. But isn't there a difference between That's their liability? Yeah. Right? But how do you I mean, there's so many parallels to draw. Like I don't understand. I'm not a scientist. I don't understand technology. So I don't tear apart the car I drive to f- make sure that it works. I just trust that when I push the gas pedal, it's going to go. Um, if you um, if you theoretically had a pest control company and you <laughs> told people that you were going to eliminate a certain insect from their home and you went out and faked the application – you would be criminally liable for yeah, fraud. I, I, that's a great example. But I also don't need to explain to them the chemistry behind the products that are used. Not them, right? But, but if you're if you're if your pest control company is operating out of Walgreens under their under their auspices, their trust, right? So that people that come in and trust Walgreens will trust you because you're in Walgreens. Then Walgreens carries liability. I don't know. I'm not convinced. There's got to be more to this story. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a common conservative thread where you just don't want to be responsible for anything at all? I I definitely don't want to be responsible for things. I am so unmoved by the the continuous (laughs) clavering from the right that cancel culture and everything is just so unfair. You know, this just turns into a thing where where you don't want anybody to have any liability for anything. They're not responsible for anything, and nobody can – and when somebody finds out that you're lying to them and you call them out on it, you're somehow committing some kind of moral sin because you're canceling them because, <laughs> because they are pathetic fucking liars. That's pretty good. You summed it up pretty good. All right, good. Thank, I think I've said all this. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I think um, since you brought that up, for me, the most important thing is not zero liability or responsibility. It's it's <laughs> finding the correct channel and the correct and the appropriate liability. So I have more. I mean, on this Theranos thing, yeah. you know, you brought up Walgreens. I mean, the, the way you've described it, maybe this is your fault. You got to do a better job explaining it. I don't know what their I don't know what their responsibility is. <laughs> Listen, yesterday I went in the CVS uh, pharmacy and I got myself a flu vaccine. If um, if she gave me, if the, the pharmacist that works for CVS came out and gave me ivermectin by mistake and my balls fall off, she's going to be liable. And I don't disagree with you, but that's okay. a good analogy. Better than one I was searching for. Okay. But let's say she actually gave you the flu shot. Right. Uh, is it her responsibility to make sure that flu vaccine is going to work? She just knows that she's injecting something that says flu, and that's what she was given. Yeah. What's your question? My question is, isn't that the same thing as is this Edison machine? Like, they don't know if it works. They just know that I'm giving you the Edison test. Well, how about when you go in for a cancer, a blood, a blood test that could reveal 
cancer cells or something in your bloodstream and they're not actually doing any test worth of shit. Well, that's different. That's cancer. a different scenario. They tell you, you have a clear, hey, your test is negative. That's different. And that's different, that different. And that's different than your ivermectin example. I agree. Well, if you it? go in for the flu shot and they give you something else, that's different. But if you yeah. give me the flu shot and it's a bad batch or it's something else, but I thought I gave you the flu shot, that's not CVS's fault or the person who administered it. Wait, wait. If, if they gave me the shot by mistake? No, no, no. You said if the CVS pharmacist gave you – you went in for a flu shot, they gave you ivermectin instead. Right. I agree with you. That's That's fraud. But if they gave you the flu and shot negligence, and right? negligence okay, and so the whole host, I'm with you there. So right. where I'm on the okay. responsibility train. Okay. All right. But if they gave you the flu shot, the, yeah. the one that said flu, right. you don't think that CVS person checked that it was flu shot. Not that person. Or the pharmacy. But a couple things happen in that, right? The person that gave me that is a qualified pharmacist with phlebotomy training, right? That's the promise from Walmart to me that allowed me to sit down there and let her give me that shot. Um, so in, in order for me not to have to research her credentials, I got it at CVS Pharmacy instead of the fucking swap meet. <laughs> I get it. Okay. But the so, same so thing then, with the Theranos test. So then if it turns out that she's she's not competent enough to select the flu vaccine off the shelf, but gave me ivermectin, then she's incompetent. I'm with you. I Am agree. I going to go after her? I'm not going to sue her. She doesn't have shit. She's a pharmacist. She doesn't make any money because that's an idiotic career because you don't make any money. You have to get a fucking PhD. You're a doctor in this state and you don't make the same money. And there's a certain level of respect as a former pharmacist. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I respect that you made the idiotic choice to be a pharmacist. There's no bank there. But, but, then all that lively falls back on CVS, right? If she gave me something that wasn't flu shot, if she gave me a, now, if she gave me a flu shot that doesn't do me any harm, I don't think or, anybody, or, or any good. And that's the point I was well, trying to make. It doesn't do me. Any that's good, not, you're never going to be able to prove that. Well, but okay. So, but wasn't you there ivermectin and I'm with you there, right? And I'm that, with what you. What is that? Some kind of, yes, of course. Some, but something. here's, but here's the thing. Wasn't there a story in the news? It might have been COVID, a COVID vaccine where there were some bad batches. God, where, I don't think it was in the U.S. I want to say it was somewhere in Europe where some well, – it, it was a large group of people. Maybe it was Israel. I could have this totally fucked up. Okay. Yeah, there was a large group of people where they had J&J hundreds, possibly thousands of people vaccinated with something that turns out wasn't the vaccine. It could have even just been uh, water. I don't know. Okay. And so my point is, take this to the Walgreens example. Okay. They're importing a box of shit that says flu vaccine or COVID vaccine or, or Elmer devices. Elmer glue. <laughs> what is it called? Uh, Edison. Edison. And, and we're just and we're using it and because we trust that it's it's it is what it says it is on the box. That's I think that's a different uh, level of responsibility well, or well, liability. Right now, the liability is on Theranos. Right? right, I haven't yes. heard anything about Walmart. Being oh, I thought in court. You, Walgreens. Walgreens. I thought you're throwing them in there. Well, I think. I mean, first off, they're having the trial for Theranos. I think they're going to throw Walgreens way under the bus in the course of this trial. I hope no one sees through that shit. Well, here's the thing. So it, it apparently there are recorded cases of people that got faulty, fucked up results from Walgreens, blood tests they did at Walgreens due to the Theranos fraud. And I think that there's going to be a liability for uh, Walgreens on that. I don't think that that's all played out yet. 
So right now you that have could be a, bad. You have a criminal fraud for them. I mean, what will it mean to Walgreens? They'll get a let's say they get a five million dollar fine from the FDA. Whatever, it's a fucking parking ticket, right? Well, listen, I don't know what I don't know about yeah. this case or Walgreens. I'm just saying. Well, look, liability in general, right? I mean, you know, been in business, you, you know, when you when you manufacture something, you have certain liabilities that you don't have if you simply sell it. But it doesn't mean you don't have any responsibilities, right? So if you go buy your products at the swap meet, right, and you're not getting them from a legitimate source, and then 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 those products do harm to your customers. You're likely to be so in that's the a good that's a good basket, right? I understand what you're saying. I think yeah, so. Product liability is complicated. Like there there are other sources of blood tests, of course, that Walgreens could have selected, but they chose to get behind this new innovation well, because Walgreens. they stood to gain financially. Is that right, what you're saying? Right. Well, here's what I'm saying. I mean, in a nutshell, and this is what I'm saying about everybody that invested in it. They all failed to vet the product appropriately. If it, if, uh, that's obvious because, and then the the question has to be asked why, and it's because the greedy the greed factor. Had this been true, had the had the the fraud been not fraud, the the the, the potential profits for the people involved were astronomical. Do you not believe? Do you know? Actually. Well, I mean, like it's like any any startup, especially with tech, I would think the returns are astronomical. But do you know? Um, with a device like that, is there some type of federal approval, like through the FDA or anything like that? There are unanswered questions, right? Because I think that's different. That's a big assumption. I have no idea. Yeah. But let's say, like, the current blood testing devices are somehow certified, if you I will. You know what? Not up on, you know, unlike, unlike give, you know, injecting something in your body, which is fully under the auspices of the Federal Drug Administration or Food and Drug Administration, right? I don't know that this kind of thing is, you know, I'm not really up on, you know, you're not putting something in, you're, you're taking, you're extracting blood in whatever way, whether it's a finger prick or intravenous, right? And you're pulling blood samples. It's what you, it's, and then you're testing it. It's what you're doing and what you're claiming. Right. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, again, I'm just like I always say, I'll just remind you and all the listeners. I, I always say, is this the standard conservative? <laughs> no, it's not. It's, not it's, it's even anything. more. It's, it's more than conservative. It's okay. more of a libertarian approach, which is you have to be mindful of when we can broad stroke something that applies where you don't intend it to. And I'll get, go back to the Ugh. Trump example. In the Trump case, I wish we could take that guy and jail him or joust him, right? And and this is what I currently know. I'm talking about the January 6th thing and his implication. This is what I think I know about that yeah. day. Okay. I thought you thought he was innocent because no, what, what the I, corrupt Senate did not convict him during the impeachment trial for that very thing. What I said was— Isn't he innocent? Well, here's what I said. Okay. What I said was— Sorry. If he's up there— I couldn't help myself. I looked at it from a freedom of speech perspective, and that's what always worried me. And again, I, I didn't know what I didn't know then, and I, I don't know what I don't know now, which is why we kind of, for the last hour, we're talking about the commission and what will come out and if, if Trump really had a role in it. Um, but here's what I'm saying. If you have a sitting president ask a group of supporters to go and not let the election be certified and go down to that building over there and raise hell and they do it, is that act protected by his freedom of speech? I think there's an argument to be made there. I'm sorry. What, say that one more time for me. My mind faded. I was uh, thinking about squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm just simply saying my my reaction to all of that was if if Trump's up there on the stage and asking his supporters to go to the Capitol and raise hell and stop the certification, I felt that if that if you just stopped right there, that that could possibly be could possibly be protected under his freedom of speech. If it's more than that, like we've kind of been speculating this last hour or so, that could he have been involved in orchestrating the riot that you called it? Yeah. That's a different element. Yeah. To me, both of them deserve a beating, a, a jailing injection with ivermectin or whatever else. But but what I'm saying is if you take that same approach and you apply it in other examples, that could be the slippery slope. And that's the, the position that I always take. Yeah. You call it the conservative skirting of responsibility. But it's more than that. It's just, hey, let's be careful here what Pandora's box we open. Oh, so that's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, we'll let that statement stand. Thank um, you. I mean, I'd like to comment on the, on any possibility that the idea that he had a rally in the Capitol, a block away from the, the Capitol building on the rotunda, and that he stood on the stage and said, okay, you're going to march down to the Capitol, and I'm going <laughs> to march with you, and we're going to fight to yes. overturn this election. <laughs> yeah. That somehow <laughs> That somehow is not the same as going, we're going to go into the theater, and we're going to light the fucking chairs on fire. Well, I don't think it's the same. They're both bad, and they both should have consequences, but I don't think they're exactly well, the same. Well, here's what it is. If Trump was born the day before, if he was born on January 5th, with his big lie thing, and he was convinced that um, when he went up on the stage that that was just a normal group of Trump supporters, voters, no Proud Boys, no organized militia. Um, he couldn't see into the crowd that half of them were wearing a military flag garb and carrying flagpoles and other various weapons and bear spray and all the rest of it. <laughs> if If... If it turns out that none of his stupid fucking minions like Mark Meadows or Steve Bannon or Kosh Patel or uh, who was a uh, General Flynn or any of the other fucking lunatic criminal traitors that he hangs around with had not told him all that was going on. OK, maybe that was within his freedom of speech. <laughs> the chance of that is absolutely fucking zero. But let me ask you this. If you tell somebody to go kill somebody else and they do it, are you guilty? Yes. I'm not talking you hire them, you give them money, you just say, fuck that guy, go kill him. Well, are you responsible? If, if you have some kind of influence over him. Well, that's the question. It right? doesn't have to be money, right? I mean... So, yeah, Manson was responsible. Do you remember? I remember. I'm prison? actually, I, I know. Reading a very good book about the whole conspiracies oh, of the Manson case. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I guess I think you, I think you're going to be in trouble if you are the inspiration that caught. So, you know, what's what's Trump really uh, guilty of? It's hard to say, right? I think the minimum thing you could reasonably uh, surmise he's guilty of in relation to January six is that he showed a criminal disregard for for the for uh, the safety of others by 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 virtually gathering a group like this together in such close proximity to the capital yeah I, I get it right whipping them into a fucking frenzy with his nazi rhetoric and and not to mention the other speakers there was a whole cavalcade of dipshits there 
and then and then directing them to go to the counter. I mean, is it not amazing to you that that this? I mean, all of this was shown. There was testimony to all of this at the at the impeachment hearings. Are you not amazed that he was not convicted? I remember at the time you said, well, they didn't prove their case, which is just patently not yeah, true. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was starting to say. I remember thinking at the time that that could this be somehow a protection under his freedom of speech? Like what did he – he didn't you know, enter the Capitol. He didn't – you know, physically do any of that. I mean, I don't disagree with you. And if I sounded then, you know, that I thought he was innocent, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm not saying he's innocent now. There should be consequences, if for no other reason than being unpresidential, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I think if you're elected president, there's a new set of laws that apply well, to you, I guess. I guess for me, at this stage of the game, I think everybody that matters knows that he's responsible for what happened on January 6th, regardless of whatever you want to call it. Think, Let me ask you another question. I think the good news is, you know, I mean, was he already, people did die. I understand. Right? Was, was he already off of Twitter when that happened? I forget. No, he was kicked off of Twitter because, because of, of that. that. Okay, yeah. so let's just say, hypothetically, uh, my question to you is, is, does this change things? If he didn't have a rally, he didn't. He wasn't on the stage, he was just tweeting all day, hey, go down to the Capitol and stop the uh, certification. Does, would that change things for you? And the no. result was the same. I mean, I think it would still be the same in the end, but but I mean, the, I think it's just unbelievable the fact that that it didn't happen that way. I mean, I think if if he had been tweeting his little uh, um, uh, authoritarian thumbs off, you know, on January sixth, and that resulted in a bunch of people going to the Capitol and then going crazy and busting in and killing a cop and and forcing uh, Capitol Police to shoot one of them and kill her and all the other injuries and things that happened to... to yeah, the same outcome, Yeah, but but, but it, it had... Does that change it for you or no? Well, I mean, and I think that, that at least then when somebody said, well, is he really responsible? I guess I could at least say, all right, there's there's a reason to have a discussion. You know, it shouldn't be a foregone conclusion because how responsible can somebody be well, for you, sitting on their Twitter? And you know he would say, I wasn't the one actually tweeting. <laughs> yeah. It was my staff. But but that's not at all what happened, right? I mean, no, I, I get I'm, it. Amazed, I get it. I'm amazed that he could have the rally, set it up, stage it, bring all those people there, sit on the stage, tell them to go fuck up the Capitol, and then people are going, I'm not sure he's responsible. What the fuck are you talking about? That's what I mean, though. So don't you think they're going to somehow say, they're going to call into question, when I say they're going to call into question, like, if they ever have this thing uh, in court. It's just like, like Senator Lee or say things in the public record like, well, this was just a peaceful protest. Yeah, so what, I, what I'm saying is this. Is there a difference between, um, he uses the word, like you said, go fight and stop the certification, but does he say go destroy the building and go kill people and take over the government? Is there a difference to you or not? Did he say go stick a flagpole up Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> ass? Did he say no? But that didn't happen either. No, but he said you you know you're now you're going to go to the Capitol. You're going to march down the rotunda and go to the Capitol, and I'm going to go with you. I remember that's incitement. I don't care how you. Perhaps I'm it. okay. You, I can I can follow you to that point. But I is mean, there a difference between that? And saying, 
you got to look into the crowd. They're they're out in the crowd. I know. I w- on on social media, on Twitter, on um, what was the old one? Parlor, on uh, a bunch of on 4chan and a bunch of other dark net sites and a lot of places. There was lots of talk prior on January 5th and leading up to January 6th that they were going to go into the Capitol. And that's what's going to come out. So, right. And that's, there's a whole other element there, right? Because you would think that shit would be being monitored. And then, of well, course, there's it, the it whole question be, about the I platforms. That's going to come out. And yeah. then it needs to be sussed out about why was that happening? And that's and different knew, than the Trump it, factor. What though. did he know about it? Maybe, maybe the Trump's getting the report that, hey, we're building momentum. You're all over these, you know, we, we've got the Proud Boys and they're on all these oh my God. It, platforms. I can tell you right now. If 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 he if it comes out if it can be shown definitively that he knew the Proud Boys were attending that rally he's going to be responsible for all of the results right you can't know ahead of time that there is an armed white supremacist militia in the crowd you're speaking to and then claim you're not responsible when you sick them on the Capitol. On your well, political listen, point, listen, opponents. We started the show with you agreeing with me, so let's end the show with me agreeing with you. <laughs> okay, I'm all over that. <laughs> so yes, I don't disagree. I mean, I think that's really what we're trying to suss out here is, okay. you know, I, I'm more with you than I'm not as far as Trump's involvement in this whole thing. And it's, like I said before, as we've documented this on our little podcast here as it has come along, we've been reporting it as as we knew the details when we knew them and yeah. through our little normie political brains. So it's true. You know, listen, like I said, I think that Trump should be held to a different standard and maybe, you know, singularly look at this event differently than we might or that I might otherwise take a position on from my skirting responsibility views. So yeah. yes, I'm with you. Libertarian. <laughs> let's let's do what we need to do to bury this guy. I'm okay. All right. Then uh, uh then for once we're in agreement on something. So well twice in, in one podcast. All right, good. All right. Uh, everybody. We've had enough fun for today. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.